Grab your fucking drinks, get your fireworks, and have a happy 4th of July. Hello everybody, welcome to this special episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Hey Ben. Hello. Happy 4th of July. Woo. Wee! Patriotism! Woo! Get to blow stuff up. <laughs> that might be the most American thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. Blow shit up. Well, no, it's I could, awesome. I can shoot things and blow stuff up. That's true. Do you have a gun? No. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I was just curious. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've never asked you that. That's weird that I've never asked you that. I feel like I should have asked you that a while ago. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what are we doing today, Ben? We're watching a movie. What Duh. movie are we watching, Ben? <laughs> oh, why didn't you ask that? Uh, <laughs> so, we're watching Jaws today. Yeah! Because that's kind of technically a 4th of July movie. It takes place on 4th of July weekend. Kind of, yeah. It does, though. I think for part of it. Yeah. The, I don't think like, the whole thing. The front half. We checked. That checks out, kind of. Yeah, I Googled it. I did a quick little search. There was some Googling, but I'm putting this totally out there on the board. You didn't laugh. Uh, I'm putting this out there on the board that we kind of chose this movie not necessarily because it's the best 4th of July uh, film ever, but because it's actually one of our convention prep movies. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what if we got rid of this so we don't have to do it later? Yeah, basically, we're killing two birds, one stone. Yeah. This is a 4th of July movie, which we needed anyway. And also, it's a convention prep episode. And also, (laughs) it's a shark movie. It's an ocean movie. And I'm really... Look, I know Jaws is not necessarily scary to the average viewer. I have an intense fear of the ocean and sharks. I don't know, Bob. It's the scariest rating imaginable for you. No, it's not. You're fucking with me. No way. It's over. It's over. Scariest rating for you. This might be the second movie where I cry, even though that other movie hasn't come out yet when this comes out. (laughs) There. An episode comes out where I cry, guys. Not for the reason you'd expect. (laughs) Not tears of fear. No. He's very emotional, but not tears of sadness. (laughs) All right, but yeah, we're gonna be watching Jaws. Uh, If you haven't been listening to our convention prep stuff, basically, we're watching all movies that have like guests that are gonna be at that convention and then are in these films. So we have some people going to that convention that are in Jaws. Yeah, which Um, is exciting. It's pretty cool. On that note, I think I'm just gonna get into it. Yeah, I mean, it's Jaws. Come on. Yeah, this is this is one of those movies where like so much has been said about it. There's so much like documentation on like facts about this movie that i'm gonna do a, a brief like brush over here for bob but if you actually want to learn about like jaws and its production i'm sure you can go find a documentary I was about on to say, it. aren't there documentaries just about jaws yeah so um sorry if this isn't, isn't as detailed as you want but it sucks <laughs> 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 all right uh it's a 1975 film damn i didn't realize it was that like early yeah like it was that old huh description say goodbye to a pleasant weekend at the beach mm. uh yes. length Two hours and four minutes long. God damn it. Why does this keep happening? What is with these long-ass movies lately? Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm curious because, like, I feel like the first, what, three seasons of the show, we were, like, hour 30 minutes max. I saved them. I saved all of them. And now we're just getting railed by movie times. All right. Uh, Rating. It's bad, Bob. PG. I hate it. PG. Might be the scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, this is pre-Gremlin, so PG-13 didn't exist yet. Mm, I see. That's why I was surprised just now, like, because I expected it to be PG-13, because I've seen some of this movie before I left the room because I was too scared to finish it. Well, either case, just know that like it's basically a PG-13 film. Mm-hmm. It just didn't have that rating back in the day. 
Fair enough. All right. Uh, review scores. IMDb gave it an 8.1 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 97. Audience score of 90%. Awards. It has 15 wins and 20 nominations. God. This. I mean, this is like a really accredited film. People yeah. love this movie. People, not Bob. <laughs> Bob's going to have a bad time. I don't want to cry. All right. Uh, Roy Scheider as Brody. Uh, he played Buddy Rousseau in The French Connection. Robert Shaw as Quint. He played King Henry VIII in A Man for All Seasons. Richard Dreyfus as Hooper. He played Roy Neary in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, no. <laughs> Lorraine Gary as Ellen Brody. She played Joanne Douglas in 1941. Murray Hamilton as Vaughn. He played Mr. Robinson in The Graduate. Not Mrs. Robinson. Mr. Robinson. Carl Gottlieb as Meadows. Played Dr. Magnus and Johnny Dangerous. Jeffrey Kramer as Hendrix. Uh, he played the motorist in Clue. Susan Backlinney as Chrissy. Uh, she played Mandy Young in Day of the Animals. And then finally, Peter Benchley as Interviewer. He was the mate in The Deep. Okay. All right. The director, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You know him for Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I the love The only that other film you've seen with him directing That's a great movie we had a very long not a very long we had a good conversation about the arc the other day <laughs> i don't know if we should tell <laughs> the podcast <laughs> no let's leave that one no, out but it was just i'm just saying we talk about that movie more than i think most people <laughs> yeah well that, that that might not be true i want to stress here though that we didn't talk about like the ark of the covenant as like a religious icon we talked about it as in the universe of indiana jones and how it works yeah for like <laughs> an hour we just go on rant sometimes about random movie shit. It just happens. That's All why right. we have a podcast, damn it. Uh, writers are Peter Benchley. He also wrote The Deep. And Carl Gottlieb, uh, who wrote Caveman, that film I've mentioned here before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Ringo Star film. Yeah, The Ringles. <laughs> Stop talking about The Ringles. We're not bringing The Ringles <laughs> joke to the podcast. It's not happening. I won't allow it. <laughs> All right, not budget. until we have Evan on the podcast. <laughs> then we can bring up the Ringles thing, because that came from him. All right, the budget estimated at $7 million. Box office was $476.5 million. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. I knew this movie was, like, popular. Yeah. Holy shit, it dude. It was the highest grossing film of all time until Star Wars was released, like, two years later. Whoa. Holy shit, that's crazy. Uh, country of origin, United States, uh, and the working title in the U.S. was Stillness in the Water. That's way scarier. That's nah. a scary title. Jaws is better. Jaws is better, but Stillness in the Water sounds more like a horror movie. Just because you don't like water. It sounds so much worse if you don't have a water phobia. I'm not afraid of water. I'm afraid You're of the afraid ocean. Of water. It's very different. That's not true. I'm Once the water gets big enough, it's intimidating to you. That's fair. I'm, it's like a person. <laughs> Once it grows to... Inordinate sizes. It starts to get intimidating to Bob. It's how people work, man. <laughs> Bob's afraid of fat people. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say that. I don't know. You said that's how people work. <laughs> All right. Uh, tagline. The terrifying motion picture from the terrifying number one bestseller. Mm. There's a couple other taglines, but that's the one on like most posters uh, because yeah. this was a book. Like before it was a movie. Mm -hmm. I've heard the book is quite different and also yeah. like really good still. Um, so the book came out in 1974. Okay. So like right before the movie. Yeah. From what I could find, the uh, guys who bought the rights to the book bought the rights to the book before the book came out. Damn. Like they just read it 
like w- they read it all in one night. We're like, this is gonna be really good, and then they bought the, the rights. Hell yeah! And apparently, if they had read the book a second of time, they probably wouldn't have bought the rights to the book because it would. It was just very hard to adapt. Mm, I see. I see. I see. Not that it wasn't good, but the book was written uh, by Peter Benchley. If you oh. paid attention, also wrote the screenplay. Yeah, that's cool. I wow. But he wrote the book after like gaining interest in shark attacks. After like learning about Frank Mendes, who was like a famous shark hunter from uh, I think like New York. Hmm. Interesting book because a lot of the stuff that's in it got cut because okay. it's a book and there's just a lot more going on. Yeah, a lot of content. So they had to cut a bunch of stuff to streamline the story, but also just because it was super hard or impossible to shoot. Fair enough. But what I do want to mention about the book before we move on to the movie is that like Benchley has gone on record being like, at the time when he wrote it, he like put a lot of research into the book and he was like, yeah, everything I found is real, just not like it has literally happened, but it's all like based on real stuff. Oh, okay, like, that's this pretty is how cool. sharks behave. And years later, he's been like, yeah, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was 1975. They didn't have intense research. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, like, shark research didn't exist in the 70s. It's actually a super new thing, hmm. in part because of Jaws being so popular. A lot of kids got into sharks and wanted to study sharks when they were older. And then in, like, the 90s and 2000s, when they were adults, they studied sharks, which is great. But before that, there was no shark research. So a lot of the stuff was, like, hearsay. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he's gone on record going, saying, like, yeah, this is a book I couldn't make today because I'd feel so bad. Because he writes the shark in Jaws, like the book, like it's a robotic killing machine and not, like, an animal. Mm, I see. Because that's what information said back in the day. He's like, I couldn't write a book like that because that's – it not only isn't accurate, but it's demonizing an actual creature that's pretty – chill yeah i i would say like detrimental to the species as a whole yep and kind of puts it in a bad light and it's it's something that really does have to be noted because well this movie was super popular it's also what started shark phobia yeah as a thing because it just wasn't before i think the coolest fact i have about that is you know shark attacks right Mm -hmm. they happen on beaches sometimes they weren't called shark attacks prior to like this they were called shark related accidents because oh wow that's just what they were they weren't a shark attacking you it was you swam super deep, and a shark just happened to bite you on accident. So hmm. it's like a swimming accident, like where you drown. Huh. It wasn't a big deal. No one cared. That's wild. It's like a whole thing now. We have, like, Shark Week. Mm-hmm. And the narrative switch because, like, sharks got really big, but they also got, like, super scary in the, you know, mm-hmm. zeitgeist. And it's important to note because that also, like, besides the fact that it paints this creature as, like, a killing machine, which isn't fair because you can see tons of diving footage where people just go, boop, and pet yeah. sharks and stuff. Um, they're pretty chill. Uh, because we're weird swimming land monkeys that don't taste good. We don't have enough fat mm-hmm. for us to be um, tasty. But, like, it promoted a lot of shark hunting in the See, 70s that's wild and 80s. To me. And a lot of sharks got, like, overhunted. Not to mention the fact that, like, we have major, like, shark finning nowadays. Mm-hmm. So sharks are, like, getting super endangered. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a negative moment on this podcast for us. But it is important to mention because it's a big deal. Yeah. No, I think it's good to talk about shit like that. Especially when... A film like this is so ubiquitous. Like, this, for a lot of people, is the shark movie. So it's good to know that it had a negative culture imp- cultural impact while also realizing it's still probably a good movie. Yep. <laughs> you gotta cover the good and the bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it did a lot of bad things for, like, sharks. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's super cool. I do want to say, on that super bad shark hunting thing, just a fun fact with you, 
Sharks are one of those weird animals that they get a lot older than we used to think they get. Mm-hmm. Ah, there's a really famous fish, and I forget what it is. It's red something, but it's like this you it's like red fish. It's about I don't know six inches long or something. Mm-hmm. That's way Two bigger than six <laughs> inches, bro. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a fairly decently big fish, and they used to be like overfished for a long time until their numbers like declined super heavily and we had this horrifying realization of oh these things don't like reproduce every 5 years they reproduce every like 50 years. Oh. And so they had, the ones we were eating were like 50 years old. Holy crap. Or like 60 years old plus. We were eating a bunch of old fish. The point being is we'd like devastate their numbers and sharks are kind of in the same boat. Really? Which again is like new stuff they're finding out now, but like great whites mm-hmm. we used to think I think reproduce like a lot earlier, like 20 years old or whatever. And we're now like, oh, yeah, they don't start breeding until they're, like, 60. So, uh, Holy crap. We'll see Brucey in this film. You know, big jaws. <coughs> That's, like, an 80-year-old-looking shark. God bless. So big. Yeah. It's an old-ass shark. I didn't know. Like, I knew they were got they got old. I didn't know they took so long to have babies. Yeah. Well, because they don't reach maturity for, like, forever. I guess because their lifespan is so long, they don't have to. Yeah. That's really interesting. But I think it's important to mention because, like, that's part of the reason, like, they're being hunting is so bad. Because mm-hmm. they don't, like, reproduce fast. They reproduce super slow. Yeah. Damn. So their numbers don't recover easily. On that note, we can kind of move back on to the movie stuff. Like I said, this was written by Benchley and Gottlieb. And what's important to note is Benchley wrote, like, the first couple drafts of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was about three from what I could find. It's a good amount of drafts. Before the script was, like, given over to Spielberg. And Benchley was like, yeah, I can't I can't give you any more than this because... You know, he's he's a novelist and not mm-hmm. a screenwriter. They actually had him write the early screenplays both because it was a part of, like, the contract for getting, like, selling the rights to the book. Mm-hmm. But also because <laughs> he wasn't in the union for, like, screenwriters guilds. Oh. And it looked like there might be a strike coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, at least we'll have one draft of the screenplay before the strike. So they could start working on it. So they could start working on it. But, yeah, he did three different versions. And after he gave it over to Spielberg, it went to so many different people. From what I could find, there's a bunch of different uncredited people that, like, contributed to the script. Really? Yeah. But one of the big ones for, like, actually being credited is Gottlieb, who was, like, he did a lot of comedy stuff, uh, and he was friends with Spielberg. So uh, Spielberg suggested him to, like, get a writing part, and Mm -hmm. he got it. So he basically helped especially do the characterization and stuff like that to make it just feel better. Uh, Benchley has said that, like, as far as contributions to the script of the completed film because he did write the early drafts but like after everything's been added to the scripts he only said he did um i'm quoting here the storyline and the ocean stuff basically the mechanics because he didn't know how to put the character texture into a screenplay that's cool so that's like, really cool apparently a lot of the character stuff comes from uh Gottlieb and other writers hmm. a, a bunch of other writers yeah it, it sounds like a lot of a lot of stuff was just improv too like, Gottlieb and Spielberg and a bunch of other people would get together for dinner and just, like, bounce lines off each other. And they'd be like, are we recording that tomorrow? Sure! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the film is shot mostly on location and Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. So if you ever want to go swim in the Jaws water. Bob's looking super excited at that nope. comment. No. No. And from what I could find, it was basically the first major motion picture to be shot on the ocean. Wow, that's really cool. Major motion picture. I'm sure there's been stuff yeah, shot yeah. on the ocean before, but, like, actually on the ocean. And because of that, there was a bunch of, like, production problems, which led to going over budget and going over time, which is never good. But they got it out for the summertime, which 
I think the big thing to mention about this film before we get into it, uh, because that's kind of most of what I want to talk about before I watch it, is that this is basically what invented the summer blockbuster. Um, for a long time, summer releases were kind of like the trash heap, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, because who wants to go into a movie theater in the middle of summer? There's other stuff to do. There's other stuff to do outside. outside. Obviously, that's switched around nowadays, and everyone's like, yeah, let's go into a movie theater <laughs> in the summer. It's hot. But yeah, back in the day, everyone was like, let's be outside. And this kind of proved that you know, we could put a movie into that slot and expect it to do well. So that was a big deal. But the other thing that Jaws did is it really created the idea of a tentpole movie for studios. I think I've talked to you about that before. We've we've discussed it, but I don't think we've done it on the show. But a tentpole movie is basically this concept that you have one movie that does so well that it can basically pay for your production company. Yep. And before, like, tentpole movies exist, basically before Jaws they didn't do that you basically had to have all your projects firing like multiple cylinders mm-hmm. and hope that you basically recouped enough money to keep yourself going and jaws basically created this idea that well why don't we put all our eggs in one basket and just hope it works and you know what it works it worked this time uh, and it works most times that's why you usually have studios pumping out like usually really really big series Mm-hmm. And then very little of everything else uh, nowadays. Like one or two movies a year for like big, 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 big companies. Yeah, because it, it, it works. It pays for everything. It's just a very good, I don't know. It's it's a very good way to do it, mm-hmm. but it kind of sucks for like creativity. Yeah. For like just producing a lot of other movies. Well, because it means that like you can basically hone your resources and make one really good thing. Or one really financially successful thing not yeah. necessarily good not necessarily good but one thing that people are going to go see and then it pays for everything and you don't have to worry about it yep so that's just important to know it as like a kind of a cultural milestone with this film uh but that's all i have for like research that i think is relevant to talk about before we get into the movie i'm just gonna say right now i don't have a lot to talk about afterwards except for like what we're gonna see on screen yeah but i i say we just get to it okay <laughs> don't sound too excited Oh, I'm I'm nervous. Yeah, I, this movie scares me. Not look, I know I'm probably sound like a little baby on this episode. Okay, you are I a little baby. Don't little like baby band. sharks nor the ocean. I haven't seen this movie since I was nine. He's lying. He hasn't seen this movie. Bob was <laughs> like, I saw the first like thirty minutes. No, forty five. First forty five minutes, and I left because I was too of scared. a two hour movie. Yeah, you saw less than half. You haven't seen this film. We'll see. We'll see how much I remember, too, because I haven't seen it in a long... I haven't seen this well, in over... you don't remember. It's been a long time. But I can tell you right now, this is a suspense film. You probably saw five minutes of Shark in 45 minutes. Yeah. It was probably a, like a fin, a dorsal fin. I was scared. Nothing else. I was very scared. You haven't seen Jaws. That's okay. Uh, okay. Um, I guess we'll see you guys after the movie. Hi everybody! Welcome back. We just finished watching Jaws. Man, move, man. <laughs> I can't even talk. You can tell Bob had a great time. Uh, it was a good movie. Yeah, I think Bob had fun. Um, I think yeah. Fun uh, is I, some of it was fun. Did you realize a you didn't remember anything, but b the fact that you I think didn't see any of the shark in the <laughs> amount you had watched previously? Yeah. <laughs> I remembered, like, the very opening bit, because I think this is what happened. I think I got really freaked out by the opening. By the cold open? By the cold open, and then went, no. (laughs) Stopped? Yep. All right, so Bob didn't see the shark the last time he attempted to watch Jaws. No. So this was a different experience for him. He actually got to see the shark in a shark movie. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give Bob some time to calm down by describing the plot. 
Okay. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's honestly fairly simple, um, as I think any good plot should be. It's simple, straightforward, and then it's all the, the extra stuff that kind of makes it worthwhile. Yeah. And that's kind of how this uh, movie plot is, uh, where there's a shark attack. It's in the cold open. Someone dies. Yep. Uh, sorry for spoilers for this almost 48-year-old movie. Almost 50-year-old film. I'm, I'm going to try to not do too many, but no, they're just going to be there. So fair warning if you haven't seen Jaws yet. Yeah. But someone dies in the cold open, and their body's found like the next morning washed up on the beach. And Brody, who's the sheriff, basically finds it. And he freaks out because he's like, someone died. Yep. And it, it doesn't look good. Looks like they were torn apart, and he goes, sends the body to the coroner, and the coroner tells him, yeah, it's a shark attack. And so he freaks out. He's like, well, we got to shut down the beaches because someone died, and they died from something that's in the water. Um, so he, all the beaches started getting – he goes to try and shut the beaches down, and the mayor comes up to him and is like, nah. Nope. Nah, it's not a shark attack. It's a boat accident. Yeah. Uh, and he has, like, his – like, the other elected officials with him, and even the town coroner who's – it's it's an elected official because it's a small town. And the coroner's like, uh, I made a mistake. Totally a boating accident. <laughs> boating accident, for sure. And so Brody, the sheriff, just has to be like, all right, I guess. Because they basically straight up tell him, hey, we were wrong. It's not a shark attack. Which I don't think he believes. But they also tell him, we're just not going to let you shut down the beach. Because you need like their authority to do so. Yeah. And Bob, does that go well? Mm, no. No. No, absolutely not. Because I think it's it's not that long later. It's never, like, explicitly stated. How long it's been. But someone dies. Again. Again. And after that death, uh, one, of the, one of the family members of the person who recently died in the second attack basically puts a bounty out on a shark. Yeah. Shark bounty. And this gets, like, a bunch of attention. So a bunch of, like, uh, people from out of town come in to, like, hunt the shark. And um, Brody even calls in, like, a specialist on sharks mm-hmm. uh, from out of town. Uh, Hooper. Yeah. Who's a oceanographer, I believe, because he's from the Oceanographic Institute. I guess he could also be a marine biologist, and that would make more sense because he studies sharks. But Yeah, he's basically a shark expert. It's unclear. Anyways, long story short, some dudes hunt a shark. It's not the right shark. Yep. And basically, Brody's like, hey, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Vaughn. Mr. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> not Vince Vaughn. But it's not Vince Vaughn. It could be. His name is Mayor Vaughn, but it's funny to call him Vince Vaughn. He's like, hey, this isn't the shark that killed killed this person, that killed these two people. And, of course, the mayor's like, nah, we're going to oh, open the beaches sucks. again. He because sucks so much. How do I put this? It, it, it's one of the situations where this town, Amity, is a, it's a summer town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like uh, a ski town where basically they get all the money that the town makes the whole year comes in in, like, two months. And so if the beaches are closed, the town will die. Um, and it's it's a, it's a really bad situation all around. And the mayor's like, can't close the beaches or the town will die. And so it's – I do want to mention it's kind of like a, a back-and-forth fight there. Yeah, it's a struggle. Like, he's not the worst mayor we've seen. No. He does do something that I find pretty despicable at one point. But anyways, he he's like – no, I'm not going to close the beaches. Two people have died. We totally got the shark. You can't tell me. Yeah, you can't prove that we didn't get the shark. Yeah, uh, because they had some proof, and it was lost. Brody and Hooper, I mean. But the mayor's like, 
I'm going to open the beaches, but you can do whatever you want to try and keep people safe. Yep. So they basically, uh, Brody basically starts calling everyone he can and gets like a posse together and boats to like guard the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of works. Yeah. Except the shark goes to the pond, which is basically like a bay uh, to the side of the beach and mm-hmm. gets someone else. Yep. And that right there, that whole thing I described, is basically the front half of this movie. Yeah. Like the first hour. Hour, I'd mm-hmm. say. And after this last attack, Brody's like, I'm done. We're paying this guy, Quint, who's introduced in, honestly, like the first 10 minutes of the film. Yeah. He's introduced really early, uh, who's a shark hunter. He's like a fisherman uh, who hunts specifically sharks, uh, assumedly to sell, like, shark jaws mm-hmm. and stuff. He has a bunch in his, like, shack. Either that or he's just straight up retired. <laughs> yeah. But he basically volunteered to hunt the shark for 10 grand, which is an insane amount. Yeah. It's like the bounty out for the shark that killed uh, the two victims was originally three grand. Three grand, which I think you said came to $16,000. Yeah, I looked it up. It's about, it's close to the $17,000 in today's money. So 10000 is a little bit closer to, you know, like 60. Yeah, grand. it's a lot of money. But Brody basically is like, we're hiring him because we have to get rid of the shark. It's killed, killed a bunch of people. And so the rest of the movie is Brody, Hooper, and Quint on a boat hunting a shark. Yep. And I, I think I'm just going to leave the ending off here. Yeah. Because that's just like the last hour of the film. Yeah. I really mean, good. I didn't expect, I'll, I'll just say this, they got on the boat and I went, ah, oh, movie's almost over. And then it was an hour of them on the boat. You think you can't do much with three men on a boat. You can do a lot with three men on a boat. It's great. It's great. That might be my favorite part of the film. I think it's my favorite part of the film. And when yeah. you said you'd only seen like 45 minutes of the film, I was like, you haven't even seen the boat stuff. Yeah. Which is my favorite. It's also the part where we actually see the shark because I, I do think it's important to mention that for a shark movie, the first hour or mm-hmm. so when they're on land, I don't think you see the shark once until the last like five minutes of that hour. Yeah. Where you get to see like its fin and its face for half a second. Yeah, in the uh, pond. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think we can discuss the movie. Yeah. Bob, you liked it? It's a good movie. For how scared you were? But I will say there are a couple of moments where I actually almost like shit my pants. <laughs> like there are some there are some good like there are some good outtakes where I almost lost my marbles because I'm so fucking scared of sharks in the ocean. Yeah, I know. I looked over a couple times and I was like, Bob is shaking. I I don't like these things, but I appreciate this film. It's a very, very good movie. And I think a lot of what makes this movie good, and this is something we just talked about a second ago, is how little of the shark you see in the first half. Mm-hmm. Because it's so... Suspenseful because of it? It's so suspenseful because it's like, you know it's a shark. They keep telling you it's a shark. But since you don't see it, it doesn't feel real. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... There's threat, but since you're not visual, being able to see what the thing is, it's so much scarier when you finally see it. Yeah, it's just an unknown threat in the water. Yeah, which is a big part of why I don't like the ocean. Because that scares the shit out of me. It's a very suspense-based thing for the first hour. And I think a lot of times it's compared to Hitchcock. Um, I think Spielberg has said he's inspired by him. um, Because, like, that's the director he would have grown up watching. And there's a couple reasons for why the film shot that way. And... Like, obviously, there's some direct inspiration and being like, oh, this will make a good film. But one of the really famous uh, things about this film is the mechanical sharks were notoriously horrible to shoot Mm. with. They were just finicky, and they didn't like to work because, you know, it's this giant, like, foam (laughs) shark. Shark that has to be in the water. Has to be in the water. 
And so it didn't work a lot, and it it didn't look good a lot of the time. I mean, we can say right now, I think the practical effects for the shark look okay. Yeah. But they aren't, like, super realistic. Uh, part of that is because we were watching an Ultra HD, <laughs> which doesn't help. But it is definitely one of those things where you just want to see a little bit of it to do a lot. And point being is that the shark didn't work a lot, so they didn't want to shoot with it a lot. And that's why the shark isn't in a lot of the movie, is it's kind of the workaround. Yeah, but I I guess that, I th- I think it works. Like, I think it makes for a much better film no, not seeing the shark as much. I agree. It, it works. I think it makes a better film. I think Spielberg did a great job uh, using the lack of shark in the first hour to make it super suspenseful. Mm-hmm. And even when we start to see the shark a lot in the last hour, still using it sparingly mm-hmm. in a way that's super impactful when it's on screen. I think it's great. I think it's just important to mention that, like, it's kind of not on purpose. Yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> it's just a very interesting situation because of that. I think the the front half of this movie is really carried by the fact that you see people get attacked by the shark, and they do a really good job of just showing sheer terror when they're being, like, dragged around. Like, they do such a good job of, like, I want to say almost like gator death-rolling people, but with a shark. Where they're just getting fucking tossed around and dragged and shit and people are screaming. That really got me. Good. Like, yeah. that is something that made the shark so much scarier when you finally get to see it. Because, like, oh, that's the thing that was doing that to those people. Because they've been establishing the whole film just how strong it is. Yeah. Uh, just how, like, it, it's it's projected less as, like, an animal and more like a force of nature. Because mm-hmm. it's, throughout the film, described as almost supernaturally strong and big. Um, which is super cool. Because it's just, like, this mythical creature that just happens to be a great white shark yeah the shark aside though i think what really makes this film because shark's super cool shark's cool love brucey but the thing that really makes this film is the character stuff yeah especially like with brody basically brody carries the whole first half because it's yeah he's amity's a small island like community and he's from new york he's a new york cop so he's coming from out of town as like an outsider Mm -hmm. um trying to keep a hold on this very very stressful situation and so it's kind of a bureaucratic nightmare, the first part of the film. And like Bob said, the second part of the film is all the boat stuff. And it's really good. Don't necessarily think three men on a boat is going to be great. but It's pretty great. It's carried because we have three very intense characters that have written very well and bounce off each other in very entertaining ways. They're also very different characters mm-hmm. as well. And you get to see a lot, like, you don't get a lot of Quint on the actual land, but you get a lot of Hooper and a lot of Brody. Yeah. And those two together are so fucking good. They have a little buddy cop thing going on. And it's on. so fun. And it's so entertaining because, like, I think one of the coolest parts of this film is it's not even, like, a big, over, it's kind of an overarching, like, thing that happens. But basically, people on the island don't like outside people. They're very... That's, like, a small community thing. It's but, a small community thing. But because Brody is from off-island, it comes up a couple of times where, like, the mayor's like, it's your first summer here. You don't have to deal with it, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Hooper is also from off-island. Quint is an islander. So seeing the sort of shift from these people don't know what they're talking about, they're not from the island, who cares? Like, he's the cop, but we don't really have to listen because he doesn't know what he's talking about. To Quint going, all right, fuckers, island time, time to learn how to catch a shark, is so entertaining to me. Yeah. But, yeah, they're all three pretty strong personalities. I mean, Brody's the afraid-of-water sheriff from New York. It's basically Bob if he was a sheriff. Hooper is the shark-obsessed scientist man scientist man yeah and then quint is like the grizzled uh ex-navy guy yeah grizzled fisherman 
it's just great. Like those, the last hour of this film, all the boat stuff, besides all the character drama, really reminds me of like a western, almost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. They're just like chasing down a shark in the open ocean, kind of like you would chase someone down in the open desert. A bunch of cowboys wrangling cattle or chasing down a man running from the law. And yeah, I, I just think it's great. That's fin- that's a great analogy because you got you got the sheriff. You got his deputy and Hooper, and then you got the outlaw that they've wrangled into helping him, which is Quint, because <laughs> Quint's kind of a grimy bastard, man. <laughs> I love him. He's great. But he's great. Yeah, he's really good. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have much to say about this film. Uh, it's a it's a really hard one for me to comment on, because like, I think it's great, but it's also plastered through a lens of nostalgia for me. Yeah. I've told Bob, this is my pre-beach movie since I was a little kid. That's an insane thing like, to hear. We had like one of those portable DVD players when I was really, really little uh, because we always took super long road trips, like multiple times a year, like eight hours plus. Yeah. And then when we were slightly older, uh, we had like one in the car. But this would go on when we were going to the beach like every time. That's insane to me. Because it's it's a great water movie. (laughs) It's great for like the ocean. It really gets you in the mood to go swimming. uh, It's so pretty. No. I've never swam in the ocean and I never will. You can't make me. I think that's a great transition to uh, Don't say it. our plan. We're not planning on anything. Basically, I think Bob should get in a shark cage with me. Absolutely not. I think we're going to. No. I think we're going to do that. I'm just telling you no. I'm not doing it. So look I, out for that whenever that happens. No, I'm not doing <laughs> it. You can't fucking make me. You would have to drag my cold, dead corpse into the ocean, then revive me to get me in there. I'm not. Or, I, no. Or we do what uh, they did for Brody, and they just got him really <laughs> drunk. And <laughs> Stuck him on a boat, because Brody's afraid of water. Brody's terrified of water, and I think that's such an interesting like character thing. trait. Yeah, because it makes it makes it so much more scary. <laughs> because <laughs> the whole time you're like, he doesn't like the water, and he keeps going, I don't like it for a reason. But you don't ever learn why. He says drowning as a child. <laughs> yeah, but there there are other hints at other stuff that they don't actually talk about, which I think is really cool. They said drowning as a child. Yeah, but his wife goes, "What happened?" And he went, "Drowning." <laughs> d- liar. I'm not lying. I've seen the movie. No, no, no. I'm saying like he's lying. He's not lying. No, he Benjamin. What? When is that a spoiler? I don't know if I should talk about. That. Why don't you mime it? Do a visual gag. No, no, no. It's not a spoiler, so it's fine. At one point in the film, they're all on the boat and they're showing each other all their scars. Yeah. From different shit, and Hooper has a bunch of scars because he like works with animals. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I know what you're gonna say. Are you go go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it, Bob. No, I feel go say it. Go ahead and stupid. say it. Go ahead and say it. Well, he's got, like, a big-ass scar on his stomach yeah. that he doesn't, like, show them. Yeah. Um. So, basically, Hooper and Quint are comparing, like, their war wounds, right? Yeah. From what they've gotten from really cool stuff. Brody pulls up his shirt and looks at this scar he has right, like, the front, like, right-hand side or so of his torso. Yeah. That's an appendectomy scar. Oh, he had a... Okay. That's quite literally... Uh, Roy Scheider's, like, the actor's real-life appendectomy scar. Oh, really? And that's why he looks at it and quickly covers it up because he was like i wonder if i have any scars and he looks at his scars and go oh well they're gonna make fun of me because that's my only scar oh damn <laughs> i thought he had some water related trauma that with no. that scar was from never mind <laughs> i'm stupid <laughs> he had pretty standard surgery oh well okay appendicitis sucks yeah i've never had really it bad because that thing burst you're basically doomed yep go in the toxic shock yeah I don't know if there's much. I got okay. I want one thing I want to talk about before okay. we move completely on to whatever else we're gonna talk about in this film. Because I assume you have stuff to talk about, like nope. facts. Nope. Okay, that's fine then. This is the last <laughs> thing. The big thing about this movie that I like so much is 
the back half is great with all the people on the boat because they're very well, like, well-characterized people, and they're interesting, and you care about them because there's a lot of different stuff that happens. But the front half of this film is basically just watching the town react to the shark, like, seeing what the town does in response and the bureaucracy of it. And I really, I love the beach scenes with all the people because it it shows the panic, like, the terror that they have. Like, they're really actually very afraid of this thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, people get fucking trampled. Yeah, like, it, I just, this is something that I like about uh, when we watch The Crazies and The Crazies Remake. I just, there's something about this mob mentality and the way, like, a tragedy affects a small community I just enjoy seeing it so much because it's so interesting to Bob me. Enjoys tragedy. From like a, no, from more like an anthropological perspective of like what this ha- what this kind of thing has an effect on a community that's so tightly knit, like a place like Amity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And seeing like the panic spread through and like the way people like either a value others over themselves or value themselves over others, and seeing the different way that everyone reacts. And I especially like the fact that while I do not like the mayor. Like, he sucks, but I get where he's coming from. After the third shark attack, he has a change of heart. Kinda. He's like, there's this moment where he's talking to Brody in the hospital after all this stuff happens. And he's like, Brody's like, no, we have to hire Quint. And the mayor's like, basically in shock. He doesn't even know how he's like, he's mumbling to himself. He doesn't know what to say. He's kind of freaking out. He goes, my kids were in the water. Like, he, there's this moment of realization of, oh, shit. The you know these people's lives are more important than how much money the town makes. I don't even think it's that. It's it's more this moment of for like the audience. Vaughn's been uh, painted kind of like as a antagonistic character, mm-hmm. and it's this moment for the audience to realize that oh well, we don't like what he's doing. He's also affected by this situation just as much as everyone else. Yeah, it it removes him from like above the problem and brings him down to level with everyone else. And I like that a lot because it's it's this element of realism that I don't think we have in this film up to this point. Like, he feels like a caricature of a shitty mayor. You know what I mean? And to bring him down really levels everything out. Because before that, you don't think about the fact that, oh, yeah, he lives here too. And he yep. probably has family that he, are getting in the water. Exactly. And I, I just like that a lot because then when you get to, like, all of the stuff on the boat, they're very much... Removed from the situation? Removed from everything and are caricatures of, like, their overarching, like... Archetypes? Archetypes. So that shift from, like, that moment with the mayor, I think, is a shift in the movie from realism to, oh, shit, shark. (laughs) Oh, shit, crazy shark stuff. You know what I mean? Which I like, I think is really fun. I think that's all. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Yeah. I don't don't really have any more. Yeah, there's not a ton to talk about because it's, it's a very simple plot where a lot of the interesting stuff is how the characters interact and it's just executed very well yeah and hooper's just super funny yep <laughs> he's just such a smarmy man all right uh on that note though let's move on to recommendations okay uh if you're into shark attack movies and you haven't seen jaws that's weird that's weird you're a weird person you're weird because i don't mean to attack you but like, yeah that's a weird break in your cultural awareness <laughs> yeah shark like attack stuff this is I, I think this is, for a lot of people, the Shark Attack movie, and I see why. Yeah, if you've seen, like, Sharknado and Sharktopus, and... Yeah, you haven't seen Jaws, what are you doing? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Jaws, like, highly recommend it for Shark Attack movie. I, I would say if you want to see, like I was saying earlier, how something tragic affects a small community like this, I think this is a great introspective into the bureaucracy and, like, the weighted nature of a situation, because there are two forces forcing back for both good reasons... And it's very interesting to see the town navigate that. Yeah. 
So if you're into that sort of thing, if you want, at least for the back half, a small cast of characters that bounce off of each other really well, and, like, you want to see... Because, like, we didn't really talk about it, but, like, they're on a boat, so they're kind of isolated. So seeing them just together, and that's the only people out there besides the shark, it's cool. And seeing them bounce off of each other in a situation that is scary, at least for them, very interesting. If you're into oceans at all, there's a lot of really cool ocean stuff. Like, we didn't really get into it, but, like, lots of underwater stuff. There's, I don't want to really spoil it, but there's some cool ocean stuff on the boat that you get to see later. Yeah, I mean, the whole boat stuff's at sea. Yeah. Uh, if you're, in, I think this is an, actually an interesting movie if you're interested in, in, like, big game fishing. Because there was some stuff in this that I didn't know. Like, I, you know, I, my dad fishes. I fish with my dad. But, but we Bob don't can't fish on the ocean. Fish because that involves going to the ocean. There it is. Like, I fish on lakes and ponds and stuff, right? I didn't know half of the stuff that this guy was doing. It was also in 1975. So seeing the old style of equipment and stuff they use is really, really cool for me. I don't know how much of that stuff is still modern. Like, I don't know how much of it has changed, but it's very cool. They use a lot of stuff still, but it's updated. Yeah. So seeing that old style of equipment is really cool. Uh, I don't know if I have any more recommendations. I think it's my recommendations. That's it. All right. For me, it's the big ones. If you want to see a shark slash ocean movie, this is probably one of the best ones out there. Mostly because it's a classic, uh, and so it's the basis for a lot of stuff. But also just because I think it's very well done. But my other big recommendations here have to do with both the front half and the back half. So if you're a fan of kind of like small town kind of interpersonal dramas where you get to see a community affected by something horrifying, this is a great film for that, or at least the front half is. Um, so if that sounds interesting, you can check it out. On the back half, though, if you want to see something that's more of a small group of characters isolated in a high-stress environment trying to deal with the problem, it's great for that. Um, so if that sounds interesting, check it out. And because I made this reference earlier, if you want to see a Waterworld version of a Western, why not? <laughs> Go check that out, too. It's a good analogy, dude. All right. On that note, I guess you want to do ratings. Okay. This one's hard for me. Because, like, I like this movie. I think it's really fun. I don't know if I can... You know what? No. I'm not going to I'm not gonna do it. I'm not going to let... I'm not going to let my... I'm not going to let me ruin the movie for myself. Five. I think this is, like, the shark movie. I've said this a couple times because we watched a lot of really classic movies lately. But this film is like, if you are into shark movies and you have not seen this, what are you doing? It's a great shark film. Because it does a lot of stuff that's super cool. Like, using the front half to build suspense for the back half to make the shark way more scary makes this more of, like, a suspense thriller movie rather than just a straight-up monster shark attack movie, which I think a lot of modern shark movies kind of do. Like, the Meg movie, that's not really a scary movie. That's, like, an action movie about a giant-ass shark. Yeah. It's very different, which I no, the think is cool. No, the shark isn't necessarily, like, scary in that. No, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be just a monster. Yeah. This is not... While the shark in this movie is a monster, it is not it's, monstrous. The stakes are much lower in this film. Yeah, sure. It's smaller, but... But I think that's really cool. I think that really brings it above and beyond what I wanted from a shark film. But I think also, like, the character drama is so interesting and cool because there's tons of, like, small stuff that each character does that is... They're characterized so well that you know exactly how they're going to react when certain stuff happens. Like, every time someone <laughs> says something... Like, Quentin Hooper had this thing going on where Quentin is a shark hunter, so he knows what he's talking about. But Hooper is coming at it from a scientific perspective, so they have different views... And Quint just, they just fuck with each other, and it's so fucking funny. And it's so entertaining while also being good characterization and what you want. And because it like breaks up the high stress situation of the shark. Yeah, there's also just random follow throughs, like Brody's rampant alcoholism throughout the film. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just think it's so well written and so well constructed and the execution is so high. The fact that the shark isn't in some of the movie, while I think it makes it a better film, may disappoint some shark movie enthusiasts. Yeah, if you want to see a shark in your shark movie, it's probably the best for that. Yeah, but I think it's made up for by the fact that there's tension built in the sh- when you get to see the shark. It actually looks really cool. And also, I'm just so scared of sharks, and it did such a good job of scaring me. Fair enough. I, th- I, th- I don't think I could give it lower than a five because of how well it's executed. Fair. Alone. Enough. All right. I'm also going to give it a five. But I want to say I'm in that weird boat of there's super, super large amounts of nostalgia for me watching this film. Fair enough. And I've seen this film so many times where it's hard for me to, like, view it as someone who hasn't seen it so many times. They remember, like, lines. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's hard for me to be, like, subjective about it or to talk about it because it's just a film to me that just exists and I it's there. Why doesn't everyone know it as well as I do? With that being said, I, I do think it deserves a five, mostly because, like, this basically invented shark films. And, you know, when a film's so relevant that it basically invents its own genre it's hard to give it lower than a perfect score because that's just the best demonstration of something staying power uh and its impact at the time with that being said this film does a lot of things super well that also help it get that high rating all the characterization is great i know for a fact a lot of it is add-ons from like a bunch of different writers working together to make the script better like it's not there's a lot of different stuff that happens in the book and so i think it's it's really important to note that they really tried hard to make this a better film than I think it initially should have been from like a straight up adaptation standpoint. And so I got to give props there. Additionally, like all the shark stuff, well, super hard to work with. Uh, the tech wasn't really great for it. They they really put the work in and they made it work to the best of their abilities, and it turns out really well. But I think the best part of this film is how they deal with the horror. It's a straight-up suspense film. Like, they build tension, and so they take a a situation that is, yeah, scary, but objectively not that bad. I mean, like, before the shark hunt, I think only, like, three people have died. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's a bad situation for a small town, but objectively, it's not, like, the worst thing ever. Like, it's not, like, a super scary monster, and they've used tension to make this, like, this horrifying force of nature. And I think for that alone, it gets like a bunch of props for just amazing execution and tension building. It's great. It really makes the film, but I, I think that's all I got. It's five, you know, yeah, go I, watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's just like, it's such a cultural milestone that I don't know if we really could give anything less because it's so well done. And it's hard to remove yourself from it too. Yeah. Especially when you look at a lot of like, I mean, we have we have goddamn Shark Week. Yeah, that's what we literally talked about that during the sh- during the thing. I was like, "Fuck it, we have Shark Week now!" Like, it's such a that's such a nonsense thing to have. Yeah, that only exists because of movies like this. Exactly. So, fantastic. All right. Uh, on that note, I guess we're gonna go to the outtakes. So Ooh, get yeah. ready to hear Bob squeal. Yeah, get ready for some squealing. We'll uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Jaws so far. I think this movie's super fucking cool. While it does scare the shit out of me, I still think it's a super, super, super good movie, and I understand why people love it so much. But if you do not want any spoilers from the outtakes, please skip to 59 minutes and 21 seconds immediately. This first clip is my reaction to the cold open of this film. That's... I... Uh... uh... That's so fucking terrifying, bro. 
This next clip is my reaction to them finding the body of the first victim on the beach. Oh, that's so fucking gross. Covered in crabs. This next clip is my reaction to what happens every single time you see a dog in a horror movie. Oh man, not the fucking dog. What the hell, man? Even, uh, I need the, uh, oh god, shark. Please stop. Please stop. I don't like how menacing the shark is. This next clip is my reaction to the second shark attack. Oh my god, that's so much blood! Holy shit! That was a cool shot. They need to get the fuck out of the water. Why are they running into the water? They're gonna go pull the children out, Bob. Y yeah, but like... Because the children can't move very fast. <laughs> sure. Uh... This next clip is this movie stressing me out. They uh, can also swim in freshwater. Yeah. It's like only happened like once or twice. Oh! But. Oh no. Oh no. Well, that's not good. Guy's getting dragged out. Nah, he's fine. See? Yeah, he's real it fine, It just took bro. the dock. <laughs> just took the dock with it! Ah! I'm sure it's gonna turn around in a second and start chasing him. That's such an interesting way to make it scary. Just by making the dock the thing that's... Because you can't see the fin. Oh, God. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> this movie stresses me out, man. I can tell. Just fucking get out of the water, idiot. God, it can't be that fucking hard, bro. This next clip is Ben comparing me to Hooper, but also... Ben's supporting some interesting fishing methods. That's you if you were a sailor, Bob, and less afraid of the water. Okay. That's he, fair. He's got a beanie. Yeah. And a beard. Yeah. And glasses. Yeah. The only qualifications. <laughs> fair enough, man. I got a whole fucking gaggle of goons out here. Little squadron of boats to hunt this shark. Yeah, it's $3,000 in 1975. It's a lot of money, but I mean... That's not just a lot of money. That's a shitload of money. Yeah. For fishermen? They're fucking throwing dynamite in the water. Yeah, that's how you fish. That's not how you fish. That is exactly how you fish. It kills fish, doesn't it? Fair, I guess. The shockwave's actually super effective. This next clip is Ben making another stupid joke. I'm just surprised they got Vince Vaughn to be the mayor of Amity. <laughs> Shut up, bro. Oh my god. This next clip is Ben realizing he was wrong about his Hooper comparison and that I'm actually Chief Brody and he's Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally me and you. What's happening in this movie? All right. I I'm going to switch it, Bob. You can be Chief Brody. 
This next clip is the movie scaring the absolute piss out of me. <laughs> oh, God damn. That scared the fuck out of me, bro. Oh, my God. One of the best scares in this movie. I'm not crying, I promise. This next clip is my reaction to the third shark attack. Oh, shark! Oh! Oh! Oh, I don't like seeing it! No! Oh, that guy's dead. That guy's good. Oh, God. That guy. Holy shit! No, come on, man. Oh. Swim, kid. Like, get the fuck out of the water. Somebody get a gun and shoot it. Does anybody have a gun? No way. I thought he was about to jump in the water. This next clip is me reacting to the shark some more. Oh. Shark! Shark! Oh, fuck you, splashing people on a boat. <sighs> Bob's stressed. <laughs> this movie's stressful. Make a phone call! Right now? Is, this Is there still a fire in the boat? This next clip is my reaction to Hooper getting in a shark cage like an absolute fucking maniac. Bye. Actual fucking crazy person. Why would you ever get in like a shark cage like this? The boat's already like sinking. I don't know. So you like, have to ask yourself in the future when you get in a shark <laughs> cage. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I don't like this. You don't like anything involving sharks and cages. I'm into s some cage stuff could be fine, <laughs> but the shark stuff, no. <gasps> God damn! Uh, what's that coming it, coming at us? I hope I think it might be a shark. <laughs> Maybe. No, it could be a really big squid. You're a really big squid. Holy shit! That thing is huge. That thing is fucking gargantuan. This next clip is my reaction to Hooper getting attacked by a shark while he's in the shark cage. Because, of course he does. Why? Get your arm in the fucking cage, idiot. Oh, of course. A fucking course. Instantly knocked the thing out of his fucking hand. Like you wouldn't also drop it in that situation? But there's my thing. <laughs> did you see what he did to the bars? Yeah, with one fucking bash. Like, what do you do now? You can't, like, they don't know to drag you up. Oh. Oh, my God. Like, that's so fucking terrifying. It's just like smashing the fucking bars with his face. 
trying to get at him, bro. Ah! He wants to give him a hug. Oh. With his mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, he's stabbing with a fucking knife. That's pretty cool. Made him back off. I mean, yeah, your best bet is to try and hide in the cage as much as you can and dodge the shark. <laughs> you know, one side of it's gone, but... Yeah, well, it's the side the shark's face is in. But he's getting the shit stabbed out of him. This next clip is my reaction to the death of Quint and also some more shark shenanigans. This guy's hand crushed. No way. No. 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 Oh. Oh, no. Come on, man. That's so... Oh. That's so... Oh, it's got half of him in its mouth, bro. What the fuck? Oh. Uh, oh, my God. There goes Quint. And there was one. <laughs> This is why I don't like the ocean. On a sinking boat. I don't like the ocean, man. Ocean's great. Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! Fuck this! <laughs> That's so fucking scary. This next clip is me asking a genuine question and Ben giving a smarmy answer. <sighs> like, what do you do? Like, you're just going to fall into the water and die. <laughs> you could swim, Bob. Swim <laughs> where? <laughs> to shore. <laughs> <laughs> Most people can swim, Bob. <laughs> I know how to... <laughs> This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the final encounter between the shark and Brody. Oh, it took his his stabby stick. His harpoon? That wasn't a harpoon, was it? <laughs> Probably a harpoon, yeah. Okay. Is that two different... Oh, no, that was its... Okay, I thought it had two different, um, like, fins for some reason. Well, one's the tail fin. Yeah, that's, that's what I was... No, you're going to shoot Hooper. <sighs> That's so fucking cool. Yeah, fuck that shark. Oh, thank. Oh, my God. That's a fucking cool explosion, bro. With a lot of chunks. It's whole... Pace is gone. That was awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I'm... <laughs> I definitely lost my marbles in some of those. There were a couple where I was just, like, actually, like, shell-shocked. I'm so... Oh, God. Like, this is a suspense film, so it's not that bad. But if we watched, like... Something like a real, real good, like a, like, ugh. There was one, though, where Bob actually screamed. Oh, yeah, no, it scared the fuck out of me. 
like actually scared the piss out of me. I was waiting for it the whole movie because I knew that's like the the worst one in the whole film. Oh, God. (gasps) All right. On that note, I guess we don't really have too many announcements except for, you know, we're releasing on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So that's when our normal episode will come out. You should know that by now. And then we're still doing convention stuff. So look out for that on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places on the internet, including YouTube. Which is a great place if you want to, like, show us some support where we can see it. Because it's really easy to check, like, subscriber counts or uh, likes and stuff like that. Uh, It's also a great place to talk to us. If you want to leave comments with, like, recommendations for new movies or just communicate with us, you can do it there. Or on Twitter with Bob, and he will swim through your comments (laughs) and uh, look for a a big one. (laughs) I was wondering how you were going to tie sharks into that one. That's good. Uh, Yeah. Check us out on Twitter. It's where we post updates about the show. Basically, if there's anything about the show you want to know, it's on our Twitter account. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes, which is basically a tweet with a movie cover that's hidden that you can reveal to see what the movie is. So you can watch it before the episode comes out. So whenever we go to talk about the movie, you don't get any spoilers. And when we're being really vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Super useful for you guys. And then on any day that an episode drops... I always post a link to the episode, so if you ever miss an upload or wonder what something came out, there's always a link to it on our Twitter. It's also a great place to communicate communicate with us and give us movie recommendations and stuff, just like YouTube. So if you ever, you know, are like, hey, I want you guys to check out this movie, just, you know, either DM me on Twitter or just reply to something on one of our tweets with like, hey, check out this movie. Because Ben and I are always looking for recommendations because categories are hard to fill out sometimes. <laughs> and there's Sometimes. Sometimes. Like when someone chooses... It's something like swamps. <laughs> it was a good category. It's a good category, damn it. No. I'm gonna Next season I'm gonna pick something heinous. You're gonna hate me, huh? Oceans? No. I'm not doing that. Actually I've already picked my category for next season. It's not gonna be fun for me. But I decided that it would be a good category, so I'm gonna pick it anyway. Uh last thing. Check us out on TikTok. I post short clips from the show on TikTok now. I post outtakes, some conversations from the actual show. And normally there's actually a link to the full episode uh, in the description. So if you like listen to a TikTok and go, oh, I want to listen to all of that, you can just click on it and go right to the episode. It's really useful. Great. Uh, so if TikTok's your platform, it's where you want to watch short-form content, check us out. Some of our TikToks are actually on YouTube Shorts as well. It just depends on the length because they have different requirements. It's kind of hard to get both at the same time. But I think that's it. All right. right? All right. We'll uh, see you guys next time. Yeah. Farewell and adieu.